You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. You know, uh, today, uh, I'm really excited about the talk. The Lord, obviously, I built this big blue. It's not a harp. It's a catapult. And... Um, and I'm going to use it as a sermon illustration because uh, during the week, someone, as a staff, as we were praying about uh, what God is on the heart of God for River City Church, we really feel like he spoke to us. And, and this person sent me, uh, they said, as we were praying, I, I felt like I heard obedience and faith. And, I, and then all of a sudden, I had this picture of a catapult. And they texted that to me. And so I was like, and they explained a little, about, a little bit about how that would unravel you know, work as an illustration for today's talk. And so I thought, well, I'll build one of those suckers. Laura's out of town, you know, so I got a little extra time. And uh, it's blue. It's River City blue. Isn't that amazing? I had a, I had a gallon of that paint laying around because we were going to paint our skateboard ramp that color. And Laura's like, oh, no, you won't. And so, you know, I mean, we have this like 16-foot skateboard ramp in our backyard. And she's like, it's bad enough. I'm the best wife in town, the best mom in town that I even let you put a ramp there. But for you to paint it the color of a big blue swimming pool, that's not going to happen. And so, uh, and so that's why I have the blue paint. But um, this is going to communicate to us a reality about what we feel like God's speaking to us at River City Church. You know, I've been speaking about, about God's love. And you might be wondering, what could be more important than speaking about God's love? There's only one thing I think that's more important than speaking about God's love for us. And that's speaking about what God wants to tell us. And this morning, God doesn't want to speak to us about his love for us. He wants to remind us of the journey that we're on as a church, the journey that we're on as individuals, and the importance of obedience along with faith in that journey. And anywhere along the way, whenever faith stops seeking to be obedient, it's just wisdom with bells and whistles. Faith works itself out in obedience, in radical obedience. And I want to talk about that because one of the things, kind of what pressed this issue, I was happy. I was in the middle of preparing to teach on God's love, and I was told by our, our um, CFO and Jonathan that this is the week that we aren't going to be able to pay our staff. And I thought, man, is that because of spiritual attack? So many good things are happening at RCC, Lord, or is there, is there more going on here? Do I need to just fix the problem? Do I need to just kind of call some people and make this, make this go away? And so as a staff, we began to pray about it. And um, as we prayed about it, overwhelmingly, I would say unanimously, the staff all felt like, no, this is something that our church needs to deal with. You know, it's no coincidence that last week I spoke on discipline. And this week, the Lord is going to discipline us in the area of giving. And having said that, you need to know this. As a church leader, I'm very sensitive to a reality that I know many of us have come from places where we have been wounded by churches when it comes to giving, when it comes to us being taught about giving. I'm sensitive to that. Nevertheless, my love for the Lord and my desire to please Him trumps my love for you and desire to please you. And so this morning, as I speak on giving, know that, that know, just know this, that, that my desire is, not, is to not manipulate you. My desire is not to make you feel guilty or bad. But I believe as the Lord speaks to us, we will be disciplined in a loving way this morning, in a way that will encourage us and bless us and remind us that the Lord wants all of our heart, not just part of it. You know, and at River City Church, 
we have been so blessed to live in this reality that as we have followed the Lord and we have been obedient, we've been faithful that the, that the Lord has always shown up. And so if we are a catapult as a church, and this is the bucket that we all belong to, if we have chosen to make this our church home, we need to climb into the bucket with all of our life, with all of our gifts, with all of our talents. And as we do so, the weight of God's presence as we demonstrate our faith, and this is where our, uh, examples of our faith, I'm going to put some things on there to show you, the area that he desires to discipline us in will grow weaker and weaker until it let go, it's, it's gone, the tension is gone here, and we're released to be who God's created us to be. And whatever we were being disciplined in then becomes one of these areas of strength. And at River City Church, you know that over the years we've talked about, we were first, we were well, we were fired up, weren't we, on the Holy Spirit when we, when we started going. And we are still fired up about the work of the Spirit. And as a result of it, we have ministries like Soaking. We have ministries like Ignite that have just started. Prayer from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. We have ministries like Impact that have come. You remember we had a picture from the Lord about the importance of ministering to and developing a mentoring program at Hollybrook. It exploded. And as we've stepped into that, it was, it was an area of tension where we were lacking faith, where we were lacking obedience. And the Lord said, church, I need you to respond. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. And we have. And so this area in our, in our church where, we, where God was disciplining us now has been an area of strength. God is using to empower the church to, to, to fling us whenever he's ready to and all the time. We have street corner ministry that started as volunteers that said, I'm gonna start doing this. Sam and Tannis years ago, we said, yes, let's see that and make it happen. Share shop, the medical clinic, all these things, these ministries. The people said, I have this idea. I feel like God's moving. God says, I want to take something that we're being disobedient or we're not responding in or that I feel like is a part of my gospel. I don't want it to become a part of your church, a part of your identity, a part of what is powerful about who you are. Worship. As you know, we had a worship conference a few years in. We really felt like the Lord was dealing with that. If you're over there, you're just missing out the beauty of the blue harp catapult. I'm just saying. And, uh, and then we felt like, you know, Lord, we want to be a church that's reaching our city. And, we felt, and so he spoke to us about Ocean City Church. He brought people, Derek and Beth, alongside us. We hired them. We said, you're going to come on staff to learn our DNA and to become who we are, but you're going to need to uh, do youth ministry so we can justify paying you. And he did, and our ministry grew. It was amazing. But then we also, we came to a point, we said, you know, volunteer ministry, we're no longer going to use the term or be a, be a church that's staff-led. We are, all new ministry is led by volunteers. And why do we do that? It's easier to be staff-led because we felt like the Lord said that to us. He said, Antley, this area of your church, you need to start empowering volunteers to lead. You need to start raising up volunteers, start spending resources, training. We changed our whole leadership structure at our church. And what was a weakness, an area that God was disciplining us in, became an area of strength. And now we have, I can just say, you know, the street corner ministry, volunteer-led. The medical ministry, volunteer-led. Share shop, volunteer-led. Ignite, volunteer-led. Every new ministry, our ministry, Rethread, Christian, you know, volunteer-led ministry. It's amazing to see as we are faithful, again, God strengthens us. This is all power. This is representative of the powerful faith that we have as we are not just faithful, but we are obedient. We step out and actually do what God says for us to do. And then we, you remember the, the phrase, connect, grow, serve? How many times did you hear that for weeks in a row? 
connect, grow, and serve. Why? That had to do with volunteer-led ministry. But out of that came, you know, this strong sense of us needing to create on Wednesday night's discipleship. Now, I made this the first one I made, and it's upside down. And so, this, no, it's discipleship. All right? You can read that. And, and most recently, I've been preaching on God's love, haven't I? Because I feel like that's what the Lord said to me. He said, Antley, you have all these ministries. That's exciting. And people are being obedient to these ministries. But you need to remind them what, what, that, that none of that makes me love them more. None of that changes my affection for them. And they're struggling with this, this belief and this lie in their life that they have to perform for me to love them. Or that, they're, that I'm mad at them or that I'm disappointed with them. And I'm not. I'm in love with them. And we're in the middle of teaching on the Song of Solomon right now. We're taking a little hiatus so that we can allow God to speak to us about what is on his heart for River City Church. And right now, that's giving. And so this morning, what I want to talk about and remind you of is that this is the tension that God has called us to. That in order for us to be released And to the ministry that God's called us to as a church, for us to continue on this path that he has for us, where we're responding, not only in faith, not only in praying, but in obedience, we are living differently. We are offering God all of our hearts. In order for us to be released, this has to be cut. And how do you get rid of a, the tension in a bungee cord is released when? Not when it's stretched out, there's tension there, but as, as it gets shorter, right? Well, as we, more and more of us, get into the bucket and the weight of this arm gets lower and lower, the Lord will release this in us and we will become the church that God's called us to be. The reality right now is that someone could give us a building in District 9. They could give it to us and we wouldn't be able to move into it just because of money. What if that happened? What if that has happened? And the Lord has said, Antley, I've given you this. But you can't move because right now the church in this area, in this area, is being disobedient. You know what? The first thing that I felt like, you know, remember Craig stood up last week and he said, he said, when we were doing the offering, the Lord's been faithful. He's always faithful. The staff have never missed a paycheck. It's the first thing that came to my mind. The Lord is faithful. We've never missed a paycheck. The first thing that came to my mind was that picture when they told me we weren't going to be able to pay the staff. And I, heard, I just heard the Lord say immediately, Antley, I've been faithful. I've been faithful, but the church hasn't. You need to talk to them about giving. Because I love them. I want them to experience freedom in this area. Like every other area of their life, I want them to experience freedom in this area. You see, many of us believe that, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be obedient and I'll give more when God gives me more. You know, it, it, you know, I'm in this situation right now that, that you just don't understand and I can't give anything. Or I'm just going to give what's in my wallet. But if God gives me more, if he blesses me more, I have faith for that. And if he does, then I'll give. But that's not faith. That's like hope. But, I mean, that's not faith. Faith says, I don't see what's in front of me. I don't see how God's going to do this. But I feel and know that I'm called to be obedient in this area of my life, and so I will be obedient in this area of my life. And as I am obedient in this area of my life, I leave room for God to show up. And in in that pattern and model, then God gets all the glory. It's not our wisdom, it's not our planning, it's not our thrifty spending. That's not how it works. It's God getting the glory, God wanting the attention, God wanting to be the one in your life 
that you're depending on for every part of your life. Faith leads to obedience, or it's just not faith. It's just not. If faith doesn't lead to you obeying based on what God's word says, then it's not faith. It's calculated decision-making, which is wisdom. And wisdom is a good thing. And we need to exercise wisdom along with faith in this decision as we come to learn how to follow the Lord. But wisdom should lead to a life that is reflected in living a life in obedience to Christ's commands. You know, some of you might say, stewardship, Antley, you know, it's a lot more than money. I give my time, I give my efforts, I open my house, I'm hospitable. You know, I teach. I consider that to be my giving. And that's great. Stewardship is a lot more than money. And we are very thankful. I just talked to you about all of these volunteer-led ministries that we have, all these amazing things that God's doing here as a result of your faithfulness, you walking out in obedience to things, the ministry that God's laid on your heart. But money plays a unique role in Scripture as a diagnostic tool for the human heart. Christ says, for, your, for where you put your money, there you, will your heart go. Wherever you spend money, how you're spending money is a reflection of where your heart is. Those are Jesus' words. And so it's not either or. The Bible says in another place that each man should give what he has decided in his own heart to give. So I'm free to give as much or as little as I want. Because I live under grace now. You know, when you read that context in 1 Corinthians of what Paul's talking about, it does say that. But it's, if you read the, you know, the whole context of that scripture, what you read is, it, is Paul talking about being generous, being different from the world, being, having hearts that are generous and giving abundantly in obedience to the Lord. You know, just because we're living under grace doesn't mean that we are allowed to be disobedient. It's like I could go out and kill someone. I could commit adultery. I'm under grace. God's law, God's plan for us is a footprint a boundary that he knows will bring us life to the full as believers. And when we choose to hold back, to allow part of our heart to die to a truth or choose to not be obedient in an area, God's heart breaks. It's not that he loves you less. It's not that he loves you less. It's that he sees a part of your life that you're not trusting him with, that you're choosing to allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Lord wants you to become who he's created you to be. He wants you to trust him with every area of your life. And that looks like obedience. And obedience, when it comes to giving, is reflected in giving money. That's how it's reflected. I want to show you a story of a guy. I'm going to show you two stories today on videos. They're two extremes. This first guy is a guy named Stanley something-something. And he, it's a powerful story for people who have influence who have been gifted with giving. And I just want to roll it for you so that you see it, and then we'll go from there. I really don't know what drove me, but somebody was driving me uh, to make money, to be a business. You couldn't find a job, you know, back in those days. 
so you know, you was trying to make money on your own. So uh, I started this silver refining business. I realized I couldn't succeed in this business. Uh, four other companies had tried it, they failed. And I was praying to God about this disappointment that I had. When all at once he spoke to my heart and said, Stanley, it doesn't need to be a disappointment. You don't need to go broke in your business. Turn it over to me and I'll make it succeed. I said, Lord, if you take this business and make it succeed, I will honor you in every way I possibly can. Well, the first time I went to the attorney, uh, I said, I've come today to make God my senior partner. I'd like to have you make out a legal paper that's effective. We're turning 51% of our business over to the Lord. He looked at me kind of peculiar. And then he said, you want to do what? I said, I want to make God my senior partner. He said, why don't you go think it over for three months? Then you come back, we'll have another talk. Um, so I left his office and went to a second attorney who told me exactly the same thing. I said, I'm not going to leave today until you do something about this. He saw I was going to be persistent, so <clears throat> he said, all right, we'll, we'll do something. He said, we'll incorporate your little business, we'll issue stock, and then we'll establish a nonprofit religious foundation, and we'll give 51% of the stock to the foundation. So that's what we did. Well, United States Plastic Corporation is a uh, industrial distributor of plastic products that are used in industry and factories and commercially. And uh, we distribute product uh, across the United States, primarily the 48 continental states of the United States. Last year, 140-some thousand decisions were made as a result of the evangelism from the teams that are supported by United States Plastic Corporation. We, uh, we produce about $4 million a year. And uh, I total up from the beginning and it comes to about 120 million that uh, the company has given for the ministry of the Lord. I love Stanley's clear grasp on eternity. And I think that he looks at his giving and saving and living expenses through that lens. And so every time he goes to make a decision, it's how does this impact eternity? Some people will look at me and say, Stanley, you know, what you do doesn't make sense. Uh, you say you do it according to the Bible. Well, I said it succeeded. I said the business is growing. And I said that's the way it is. And uh, I said I'm a Christian and uh, I want to be obedient to the Lord. And he has shown me that this is the way to do it. So that's the way I'm, I'm going to do it. It's awful hard to give up control of a company because uh, you gave it birth. It's almost like a child. Uh, it's hard to give up a child. <clears throat> hard to give up a, a company because uh, you put your whole life into it. But obedience comes first. And that's what I was challenged with, you know, obedience. I, I promised God I'd obey him. But then the business 
belonged to me, you know. It was my child. And to give up something that, you know, you struggled, you prayed about, all the decisions, you went through all the problems of developing a business. Uh, it's just ingrained into you. But obedience come first. When you spend time with Stanley, it's, it's interesting that his primary gift is not giving, even though he's been so generous. His, his primary gift is evangelism. And so his giving just flows out of his total surrender of his life to Christ. Uh, but his primary passion is seeing people come to know Christ, and you see that in his life. People ask me about uh, giving away my business, and I never thought I did anything important when I did that. You know, I just wanted to please the Lord. Lights. I edited it, sorry. <laughs> Learn how to build a catapult, use iMovie, and all of these things this weekend. Laura's gone, gosh, they're like, it's amazing. But the rest of the story is this. He was speaking in a country, and he looked out. He said, finished speaking. He says, normally I sit down, and I looked out, and the Lord's the Spirit of the Lord came in a very powerful way, a very precious way on the group. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said, Stanley, what's the most important thing? And he, and, 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 and he said, the Bible says the most important thing is a single soul. And he said, Stanley, I want you to go back home and give me the rest of your company. And Stanley said, Lord, I've given you 51%. Isn't that enough? And the Lord said, Stanley, I gave it all for you on the cross. Isn't that enough? And he went back home, and that's when he gave the rest of his company away. A hundred, and that year, 140,000 decisions were made to follow Jesus Christ as a result of his obedience. Over the years, he's given $120 million away. If anybody knows him and is a member of River City, write him a letter for us. $120 million. I want to have stories like that in our church. We have people who could tell stories like this in our church. We have lots of small business owners, lots of people who, who, who run the show, who've started things from scratch. God's desire is for those people to get in the bucket, to live in a way that demonstrates radical obedience for the Lord. And maybe you're just out of college and you're thinking, I, I have the desire to make money. Great, awesome. Just sign 51% of it away right away to protect yourself. As I listen to these videos of people who do this again and again and again, the, the message that's clear is once you make the decision to live in a certain way, it makes it easy regardless of the money that comes in. One guy who makes $250 million a year lives four times above the poverty level, has six kids. He, cut his, he capped a salary year one of the business. And now the business exploded, makes $250 million a year and gives it all away, all away, except for four times. He makes $125,000 salary. He's eight in his family. You see, it's easy to be obedient when you, at the beginning, decide to do so. Now, does that mean that everyone's supposed to sell their business and do this or do that? No, 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 no. Stanley was being led by the Lord. And that's how we believe that it works. But it begins with believing 
that God's desire for me is to be obedient in this area of my life, regardless of what I make, if it's owning a company or if I'm a college student. And, coup- and coupled along with this is, is, the, is the command to work. You know, we rest one day because we're commanded to work six. And if you're not working and you're wondering how come you can't give, I'm not a math major, but I'll tell you this. If you're not bringing any money in, there's no way you're going to be able to give anything. And so part of this obedience in this area is understanding, yeah, I've, I've been designed by God to work. I need to be obedient in that area of my life. Now, this next video is, a, is the other extreme. It's the poorest country, one of the poorest countries in the world. Because I know college students are sitting out there. I don't make, I work at Burger King, or I do this, or I do that, or whatever. Or maybe you're struggling right now, I'm in between jobs or whatever, and you feel like you can't give anything. And that's a lie from the enemy. That is a lie from the enemy. Because God has commanded us to give. He would not ask anything of us that we could not handle or manage. That's his promise in Proverbs. And this story, man, this struck my heart. I was watching this the other day. I was like, I suck at giving. Lord, you know, it really affected me. I went home. I said, honey, is it wrong? To, is, it, is this, you know, the savings we have? Should we have savings? Should we be saving for our kids' college funds? Should we be saving for retirement? And the answer is yes, we're called to be good stewards, and the savings is a part of that. But man, we, we're called to live in this tension, though, of being obedient. It's tough. It's very tough. Watch this story, and you'll see what I mean. There are many ways of serving the Lord. Some people do great things. Some people are good preachers. Some people contribute lots and lots of money. But when we talk about this handful of rice, it is very humble. The service is done in the corner of the kitchen that nobody sees. But God knows. God bless. Every day, simple women in the state of Mizoram in Northeast India are spearheading a revolution that is sweeping the world of missions. Their movement, Bufai Thang, or a handful of rice. Bufai Thang is a practice where each Mizo family puts aside a handful of rice every time they cook a meal and later gather it and offer to the church. The church in turn sells the rice and generates income to support its work. Rice has been the staple food of the people of Mizoram, the main life of the people. You are giving what is basic, essential, fundamental to your life. You are sharing that with God. The Handful of Rice Ministry started in Mizoram in 1910. That time, many people did not know the gospel. So the church thought that we need Bible women to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible women, they are locally supported women for evangelism. The practice of Bufai Tam is meant for supporting those Bible women. This concept of Bufai Tam became so popular throughout Mizoram over the years, 
that giving was not limited to some individuals. The whole of Mizoram, rich or poor, young or old, everybody contributed to it. It is something which my mother has taught all of us right from when we were very young. And I feel like Bufai Cham is a piece of Christian service that anyone can do it. Today, 95% of 900,000 Mizos are Christians. A strong and vibrant church has emerged. People started to give more and in creative ways. Rice, vegetables, firewood and other produce. And also cash besides their regular tithes to the church. The churches in Mizoram are now self-sufficient. One such example is the Mizoram Presbyterian Church, the largest church in Mizoram with about 500,000 members. This year, they are celebrating 100 years of the handful of rice ministry. In 1914, Damani received from the sale of handful of rice was rupees 80, uh, that is uh, one and a half US dollar. In the year 2009 and 2010, we raised money, uh, one and a half million US dollar from handful of rice offering. We don't receive any outside funding. All the money we have, we receive, is raised within ourselves. At the close of this last physical year, we received altogether around 13 million US dollars. Out of that, 12% of our total income is from the handful of rice collection. Today, the Mizoram Church is known as a missionary church world over. This success is attributed to their selfless and creative giving. Zoram state is the most backward state in India, and we are the poorest of the, of the poor, but still we can raise funds for the ministry of the Lord. We can support 1,800 mission workers, and in the meantime, we can also send overseas missionaries. There have been times when some churches have thought that we need to get blessings from God. And the attitude has, to, has been, what can we get when we become part of the church? But here, the handful of rice offering inspires us that God has called us to share what we have 
with God for God's ministry. We Mizou people say, as long as we have something to eat every day, we have something to give to God every day. You know, the things that spoke to me in that video were they gave what was fundamental to life. You know, for you, for me, that's like cable during football season. They gave what was fundamental and their ideas, the word that if we have something to eat, we have something to give, which means we're all eating, which means we can all be giving. You know, and and what we saw is that someone said, as my blessings increased, so did my giving along with it because of the pattern that they had begun in their in their life. And the result was 95% of 900,000 people in their city became Christians. 95%. Imagine if 95% of Jacksonville but were Christians. That would be so powerful, so amazing. You know, there's a lot of good reasons to trust the Lord at River City Church. And I mean, those are some of them. It's amazing what God is doing in our church. What he's preparing us for is even more amazing. He's trying to strengthen these strands of faith in us. So we will walk in obedience so that we can be released from the things that are holding us down and become the church God's created us to be. And and, and like individuals, we are saved in Christ and we are on this journey and we're becoming more obedient in our faith. But one day, we hopefully will be even more stronger, more obedient, and reaching more people. You know, on any given Sunday, this is amazing. I think this is amazing. We're six years old, and we reach between 550 and 700 people are ministered to, including children, pets, and dogs, or whoever else you bring. You know I mean? 550 to 700. This is what's more. Listen to this, though. I couldn't, I asked my staff, send me a list of the number of people weekly that we minister to, volunteers included. 750 to 1,000 people. We minister to 750 to 1,000 people during the weekday. That's not including Sunday. The Lord has been so faithful as we've been obedient. We have good, why wouldn't he be faithful in this? As we're obedient. What an opportunity. We are an exciting, alive, on fire church. And we're just asking you to get in the bucket Enjoy the ride and allow the Lord to show up in your life. This week as I was talking to someone, I was praying with them in my office and just the Lord in the middle of it, they were being healed of all these amazing things. And the Lord just said, this is why you're going to talk to your church on, Mon- on Sunday Aunt Lee, about money. Because this is where the dollar goes at River City Church. It goes to healing, real life transformation. A few weeks ago, Brian Baggs was up here and he did this amazing talk on one of the models for evangelism. And a woman came up to him. If you're here, I apologize for using your story, but it's the, I'm going to use it because it's powerful. And a woman came up to him at the end of the service weeping. And she said, you know, I don't like God. I don't like Christians and I don't like the church. But I woke up this morning feeling compelled to come. 
And even as I was put my daughter into the, her car seat, I felt like, why am I doing this? I don't like God. I don't like Christians. And I don't like the church. Nevertheless, I felt compelled to come. And so I get my daughter in. I'm driving down the road. I Google, River, I Google Jacksonville churches. I liked your logo. And so I decided to come to church this morning. And she's working her way through this, very emotional. And she said to Brian at the end, she said, and I walked in the doors and I still didn't like God. I didn't like church. I didn't like Christians. But after hearing your talk, I feel like I belong. And she's doing the life course now. She's a part of our family. She's climbed in the bucket. Every dollar that you give to River City Church finds its place in life and offering people life to the full. We have less staff than we've ever had in the last few years. We are spending less money and we are doing more ministry. Not because the staff are awesome, but because God is faithful. Our budget this year is 1.2 million and we're operating at like 850,000. We could be doing a lot more. God has a lot more for us, but you need to be obedient in this area. So we're gonna stand now. We're gonna have an offering. I want you to pray about what the Lord's doing in ministry today. I want you to come forward and say, Lord, what is it you want me to give? What is it you want me to be obedient in in my life? Hopefully, as I've spoken, you haven't felt condemned or guilty. You feel like, yes, the Lord wants the most for me. The goal this morning is not for us to pay the staff on Monday morning. The goal this morning, as it always is in ministry, is for us to experience freedom. Aaron, you need to come up here and play guitar during the offering. For for us to experience freedom in life in every area of our life. In every area of our life, God's desire is for us to find freedom and hope and joy. To be set free from the things that have held our hearts captive. Jesus talks more about money holding us captive than he does about adultery, than he does about murder, than he does about any other area of life. He says that this area of our life is what captures our heart. And so the invitation this morning is to find freedom in life. So we're gonna have an offering out in the lobby. We have like these little square things that you can swipe your credit card on. If you, we have them for the life course. We didn't buy them for this. If you're someone, again, Below my generation, you like to use, you know, do stuff like that. We'd love for you to do that in the lobby. Make sure you give your name, though, to the person who's doing that. There's two people out there. We want to make it as easy as possible. You can give online. But again, today is not about money. It's about our heart, the invitation to find freedom in Jesus Christ. So as we sing this worship song, I would invite you to come forward to give. John's going to spread out just a little further that way. And there's four stations. We would love for you to give, and then we'd love for you to come and, and receive and have ministry time. And we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come during this time, during this time of worship, and then following that, and we'll have ministry. But you can come forward for ministry, for prayer, for, for any, any reason. We're gonna pray for you. Our ministry team will be down front as always. But in particular, the Lord is wanting to speak to us about giving today and being obedient to him. Father, we thank you for the work that Christ has done on the cross, that he has done everything, that he has paid it all so that we can trust you with all of our heart. In the air of giving, we just know that many of us have been wounded, many of us have been hurt, and many of us are really struggling right now. We're in debt, we're we're struggling with finances. But Lord, we wanna be set free, we wanna be obedient to you. So Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would come now, silence the lies of the enemies, and open our heart to receive the freedom and the life that Jesus has for us. Come now, Lord, as we worship you.